Bible, let's go ahead and turn to Numbers, book of Numbers, chapter uh, 15. We'll uh, be starting tonight in verse 22. Uh, just to give you a little uh, catch up on this, we were talking about uh, uh, last week, we ended up talking about the the ordinances and the laws that the Lord proclaimed there'd be one law and, and uh, one ordinance, and it would be for everybody. It'd be for Israel, and it would be also for the stranger that was with Israel. So it was, uh, it was, uh, God has a, uh, a set of rules for, every, for for us all. We all have to follow the same set of rules is, uh, is one of the things that we, and, and also they had uh, uh, tried to go into the promised land without his blessing and, and they wound up getting a whole bunch more of them killed. So now they're, they're destined to wander in the wilderness for the next uh, 40 years. Uh, how, how come 40 years, anybody remember? Because the 40 days the spies took to spy it out, mm-hmm. he gave them a, a year for each day, that, and, that, and then they turned uh, negative and uh, turned the people against his uh, his idea of going into the promised land. So that's uh, that's that's where we left off. So uh, let somebody read for me verses 22 through 29, please, chapter 15. But when the unwillingly failed and do not observe all these commandments which the Lord has spoken to Moses, even all that the Lord has commanded you through Moses from the day when the Lord gave commandment and onward throughout your generations. We have to read the word, look here, look here, all the way to 29. Uh, then it shall be if it is done unintentionally without the knowledge of the congregation that all the congregation will offer one bull for burnt offering as a soothing aroma to the Lord with his grain offering and his drink offering according to the ordinance and one male goat for a sin offering then the priest shall make atonement for all the congregation of the sons of Israel and they will be forgiven for it was an error and they have brought their offering and offering by fire to the Lord and their sin offering before the Lord for their error. So all the congregation of the sons of Israel will be forgiven with the alien who sojourns among them, for it happened to all the people through error. Also, if one person sins un- unintentionally, and then he shall offer a one-year-old female goat for a sin offering, the priest shall make atonement before the Lord for the person who goes astray when he sins unintentionally, make an atonement for him that he may be <coughs> You should have one law for him who does any anything unintentionally for him who is native among the sons of Israel and for the aliens who sojourn among them. All right, so we do find that there are sins that God qualifies as sins of ignorance. You know, sometimes we just don't know everything that we need to know. The Bible is full, and and even uh, up to this point in Numbers, the Lord had continuously given them commandments and orders and directions and things that they were to do on uh, on specific uh, sacrifices and how they were to do each one, and they had all these different sacrifices and all these different things that were that they weren't supposed to do and they were allowed to do, and and the Lord realized that you know. Everybody, and I don't mean this in a harsh way, God knows this, he made it, but everybody don't have the same mental capacity that others do. 
Some people were not going to be able to remember all of this stuff. Moses was writing it all down so they would have a written uh, a written form of the law. But I would imagine at this point, he probably might have been the only one that had anything written on it. I doubt if it was circulated amongst this six million or so people that all of them had access to it. So it would have been very easy for them uh, to, to forget uh, some of the things that they were supposed to do. So he made an allowance for them, and he said that these are sins of ignorance, okay? Now, God is not fooled by us, ever. Y'all need to get that in your mind, plain and strong. He knows your heart. He knows your mind. He knows your thoughts. He even knows the intent behind everything that you do, no matter what you say. And, and we've all done things wrong and gave, tried to make somebody else think that we didn't intend to do that. Y'all, and my don't want ever do that kind of stuff. No, we all do that kind of stuff. Well, you might fool your mother, you might fool your husband, you might fool your wife. Your kids may fool all of you, but there's nobody of us going to fool God. He looks at the heart and he knows where we're coming from. And so, uh, he, 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 so he made an allowance because he realized that there were people that was actually going to go make mistakes and, and do uh-ohs. And uh, normally, you know what he did to people who sinned like that? He killed them. They, they, were, they died because of the sin. But he didn't want to, to have someone put to death for a sin that he, he knew they didn't realize they had even committed. So God, that's, that's a form of the mercy and the grace of God that he made an allowance. Now, I used to have a, a, a pastor, and, and, and he preached a, one sermon at least that I never forgot. And uh, he was my pastor for about eight years, and, and he preached a sermon one time on comfortable ignorance. And sometimes we want to declare, now listen, a sin is, is when you think that if you don't know something, that you're not held accountable for it. And therefore, you don't want to learn about it, so you'll never be accountable for it. Well, you know, that sounds kind of stupid, don't it? I'm not supposed to use that word. But it sounds kind of dumb that anybody would have that logic. Yet we, how many people try to live for the Lord and are absolutely ignorant about the commandments of God? Absolutely ignorant about it. And, and, and they never take a moment to study it. They never take a moment to read it. They never take a moment to see what thus says the word of God. And we are to live by the word of God. So if we're going to be judged out of this book, if we're going to be judged out of this book by God, don't you think that we need to know what this book says? Now he's going to know the difference when we stand before him and what we read and forgot sin of ignorance and what we didn't read at all to start with. He's going to know that difference. Y'all, there's going to be a lot of accounts that's going to be given for just that type of sin. And so he's not fooled by that. And so he does make an exception. He, he does understand that, that we all sin out of ignorance sometimes. 
And so he, he wants to address that here. He wants the children of Israel to realize that I'm not going to, to destroy a person. I'm not going to take them out. I'm not going to kill them. I'm not going to uh, do anything harsh to them. But notice this. Even though it's a sin of ignorance, do they still have to make a sacrifice for it? There's a price to pay. There's a price to pay regardless <coughs> of whether you knew the sin or you didn't know the sin. Okay? Something had to die. Blood had to be shed to cover it, even if it was a sin of ignorance. Uh, not, and so, and, and not, not only that, but the sin of ignorance is one of the sins that had to be found out. Okay? Somebody had to witness them that knew they were sinning, do something wrong, or they had to figure it out for themselves and come forward and say, I did this wrong. Okay? That's the sin of ignorance was something that you had to figure out for yourself or somebody had to tell you, and then you had to comply with the law of God and the sacrificial offering that would cover that sin when it was found out. Okay? That's why the Bible tells us, be sure your sin will find you out. Now listen to me. That don't, that don't mean that it's necessarily going to happen here. Amen? There's a lot of people who sin and it's never known here what they have done. But let me tell you what. That sin is not going to be hidden. It will be shown. It will be found out. And it may not be in this life, but it'll be in the next one. It's going to be show up. Amen? And an account is going to be given for it. So, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but when I sin, especially knowingly, Anita tells me all the time, you shouldn't have said that. Well, I felt good about saying that, and I get to think about it, it makes me feel bad. <laughs> so, I probably sinned out of complete South Arkansas ignorance. Okay? <laughs> but, Anyway, we don't we don't like to be called ignorant. We don't like to think that, that we do what we don't know to do, but we all do that. So he makes an exception. Any questions about, about this? And notice he reiterates in verse 29 that you shall have one law, one law, regardless of where it's out of ignorance or, or done on purpose. There's one law for everybody. Now that he's addressed the laws of ignorance, of the or the unknowing sin of the individual, and, and even by a group, even a whole group could do this. Now he wants to address something else. And not only does he address it, but he addresses it and gives us an example of the result of it. So he wants to talk to you now, not about sins of ignorance, but uh, about sinning knowingly. Now, yeah, in our day we call sinning on purpose. Now, I'm going to go ahead and ask a question up front. And, and don't, don't, don't tell me the answer. I just want you to think. Have you ever went to do something you knew was wrong, you knew was a sin, and you even, you even thought, I don't need to do this, and you did it anyway? <laughs> what are you giggling about, man? Because, <laughs> you know, when you think about that and you get asked that question, and I know because I know what happens in my pea brain. I don't figure our brains is that much different. You think of something. You can think of something that you you knew you shouldn't have said, but you did. You knew you shouldn't have done, but you did. You shouldn't have took, but you did. And you can think about things. Those are sins 
that we know not to do, but we do them anyway. Is God for, as forgiving with that kind of sin as he is a sin of ignorance? Uh, absolutely, positively, no. And we're fixing to read about how serious he really is about this. So if somebody would read for me verses 30 through 36, please. And the soul doth talk presumptuously, whether he be born in the land or a stranger, the same approaches the Lord, and that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Because it hath despised the word of the Lord and hath broken his commandments, that soul shall utterly be cut off. His iniquity shall be upon him. And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. And they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation. And they put him in war because it was not declared what should be done to him. And the Lord said unto Moses, The man shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. And all the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died, as the Lord commanded Moses. All right. Now, this sounds kind of silly to us, doesn't it? This sounds like a bit of overkill, pardon the pun, but it sounds like God just went too far with that. Don't Oh, y'all go ahead and say, yeah, it does. I ain't touching this. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds excessive to us today. It sounds excessive because to us, that ain't nothing. And it's a testament to our day and the severity of the sin that's out there wide open and nobody seems to care. But in this day, look at what he says. Uh, he used the word in verse 30, you should not be or you ought not to be presumptuous. We don't never need to think we know what God will put up with and what he won't put up with. We don't never need to test God. God can test us. We don't get to test him. Okay? You, you don't want to see exactly how far you can go. You know, my, I did the same thing to my parents. I just see, I knew about how far I could go with them without really getting a good thinking. And I tried never to cross that line. Every once in a while I get carried away and do it anyway. And I pay that price when I do it. And we sometimes live for God that way. We, we try to see just exactly, you know, it's a shame instead of us trying to just obey all the, uh, the commands of God that it seems like in our world today, we want to get to heaven with putting out as little effort as humanly possible and living as worldly as we can. We want to live as worldly as we can and still go to heaven. Now that's a wrong way to live for God. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah. Because the word tells us very plainly in the New Testament that we cannot please God in the flesh. This world is not our home. Our citizenship is no longer here. We are not of this world. 
They were commanded even in this day to come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord. We are separated. We are unique. We are called. We are chosen. We are his. And we are not of this world, and we are not supposed to act worldly. Mm. And yet we see in the churches today more worldliness than we do godliness. Amen? Amen. More sin than holiness. And for some reason, people think it's okay with God. Now, you think that uh, uh, <coughs> when you look at this, and we do not, we're not allowed uh, to presume on God, I want you to look uh, back to verse uh, 44, I think it's 44 of, uh, of chapter 14, where it said they presumed on God. When they decided to, to go and take the promised land, after he told them it was all over with, you ain't going, and they presumed upon God and went anyway, what happened to them? So he says here, you not don't act presumptuously. Don't presume that you can get by with something from me because you can't. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna address all this here in just a little bit. And and so he says uh and so he says again that uh that you you shouldn't presume uh, whether you be born in the land or a stranger, it's all the same reproach to the Lord. And the soul, look at what he says, and that soul shall be cut off from amongst his people. That means they'll be killed. They'll die. Amen? Not separated, not cast outside the camp, not kicked out dead is what he's referring to here. You'll be killed. And to let them know that he would meant business Evidently, this had not happened before. We know that the Sabbath day was holy. The, everybody in Israel, this is one law they knew they needed to obey. There would be no work on the Sabbath day. It was drilled into their psychic so strongly that when Jesus came, that's what they condemned him over, over and over and over for working miracles on the Sabbath day. It was drilled into their psyche because of this thing right here. What happens here? The lame guy killed, you know, they, they fussed at him because he picked up his, he was carrying yeah. the stretcher. Yeah, after he got healed, the Lord told him to pick up your bed and walk, and they got on him for hope, walk his face, called him walking along holding that bed like the Lord told him to. Said, what are you going to carry your bed on the Sabbath day? It was drilled into them. And so uh, when, when, uh, and the Lord says, and before we get into it in verse 31, that, uh, that to do this is to, listen to me, because he hath despised the word of the Lord and broken his commandment. God looks at our sin when we sin knowingly in a violation of what we know from the word of God, that we despise his word. He takes a very strong exception to that. Why would you think at this point in this time that he would be take so much exception that they would despise the word? Why? Does God seem kind of mean back in this time? And I know y'all don't want to answer that question. But to us today, he does. He, 
Because the world today says he's not a God of wrath. He's a God of totally of love. A God of love would never do what, what uh, people say he will do. Yes, he will. If we had a calculator, but, but the Bible just don't tell us in the Old Testament, how many people God killed in the Old Testament? Not thousands, hundreds of thousands that he killed himself. Amen. He is a God of wrath. And when you make him mad, he, he has to take it out on something. He takes it out on somebody, he makes somebody an example of that wrath. And it's usually something that's not good. And so he's telling them this, and he said, and he, he, he gives these warnings, and he said, this, these commandments shall, shall, shall utterly, whoever breaks these commandments shall be utterly cut off. His iniquity shall be up on him. Well, they never really thought, you know, the Lord, uh, when, when he first gave them manna, he told them, he said, gather all the manna you can gather. Gather just enough for one day. Remember when he told them that? Well, what did they do? They got, they got hoggish. Amen. Kind of like I do at a watermelon patch. <laughs> well, I, I can just eat one at a time, and I'm allowed to get 20 if you let me loose in it long enough. And so they would get out there and gather more. Well, what happened to it? Did he, he didn't kill them for disobeying them. He made it turn into worms and yuck. And, and when they saw that, I tell you about me, I probably wouldn't want to eat manna the next day after I've seen what happened to it. But he told them on the, on, the, on, the, on the sixth day to gather up a double portion. I'm going to let you gather up more. And you gather up enough for the next day because on the Sabbath, I don't, there's not going to be any matter. I don't want you doing any work. He made that very plain to all of them that there would be no manual, physical work whatsoever done on the Sabbath day. <coughs> and every one of them knew it because of the example of the man. All of them knew it. Every one of them. And, and by the way, at this point in their lives, they're still eating manna. It's still showing up every day, right now. Does anybody know when it quits showing up? That's right. The, the day before Joshua takes them into the promised land, the Bible records it was the last day they would eat manna. They're eating manna right now. They remember all this stuff. And so lo and behold, verses 32 through 36, uh, they, he says, and while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. Now evidently up until this point, they had never had this issue. Now we're two years, maybe a little longer than two years into their wanderings, and they haven't had this issue since the law of the Sabbath had been given. Okay? And look at this. They didn't know what to do with this guy. He broke the law. He's picking up sticks <laughs> on the Sabbath day. And so they say, what do we do? And they found him. They brought, they brought him to Moses and Aaron. And, and, uh, and, and they said, we don't know what to do. Let's lock him up. Let's put him in a ward and separate him from everybody. And then we're going to ask the Lord what to do. That's a good thing. 
Instead of them saying, okay, vengeance is mine. You broke the law. We've got it written here. We'll take care of you. That's not the way God wants us to function or operate. He don't allow us to be, he don't need us to listen to me. I hate abortion as much as anybody, but he didn't call a single one of us to blow up an abortion clinic and kill those people who perform abortions. That's not our job. Amen? Amen. And, and frankly, when that happened, they did it in the name of Christianity. And then all they done was get a tarnish the, 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 the word Christianity. It's just like he don't call us to out here where they're riding and all this stuff. And he, he don't tell us to get our guns to go kill them people. He says we are not to be riotous. And so they, they don't want to do it. And so they put him in this ward and, uh, and uh, they began to call on the name of the Lord. And, and as Moses called on the name of the Lord, the Bible, the Bible says in verse 35, that the Lord said unto Moses, the man shall surely be put to death. Not only will he be put to death, it's going to be a very public death. And it's going to be a very humiliating death for him. God takes our sin very serious. Yes, sir. I got several questions there that may be ignorant. <laughs> I assume there was no set law that you do this work on the Sabbath, you shall die. I suppose since he didn't know that and they didn't know what to do with him, that they had to wait till God told them. Now the second part of that is, does this mean that from this day forward? No. Anyone doing work on Sunday will be put to death? No, we'll, we'll get to that in okay. a bit. But they did know this law. This was a law all of them already knew. Not to work on Sunday. That's right. Okay. okay. No matter ma the no matter that they didn't because nobody had ever broken the law. Okay. So, <laughs> so they didn't know. But they're fixing to know. And so the Lord told them, He said, I want you to kill this man. He shall be put to death. And he said, and I don't want any one person to do it. Look what he says. I want the whole congregation. Now that's lots of people. Think about it. <coughs> he started a precedent. I want you to police yourselves. I want, I'll give the order and you obey me. And I want everybody to participate in this killing. He didn't, he didn't say there couldn't be children. He didn't say no women. He didn't say, he said, I want all the congregation to stone him with stones out of the camp. Stoned him with stones without the camp. So they didn't do it in the camp. They didn't want to pollute the camp. They took him outside the camp and they stoned him. I don't know how they done it. They might have got in a circle to start with, and after they got him dead, everybody that went by chunked stone on him. I don't know how it went by, how it went down, but they killed him right outside the camp. <laughs> and they stoned him till he died, just as God told them to. Now, they ask a good question. Does this mean here? And a lot of people think that this means here that now you're not supposed to work on Sunday. You're not, did that did that carry over into the New Testament? Well, actually, it was still 
It was still in their psychic, we mentioned a while ago, in the New Testament. And Jesus had to confront this issue because that's what they were trying to nail him with. They called doing the miracles that he did, the healings that he did, work. He would tell them to pick up their bed, work. He was, in their mind, sinning on the Sabbath day. How did Jesus address this? He said he was the Lord of the Sabbath. He said, is it unlawful to do good on the Sabbath and heal? He said, even y'all, when your goat or sheep falls in the well, you take him out. Probably the ones he was talking to just done it the last Sabbath. Yeah. You know? So I think it has everything to do in the New Testament with God not sparing his own son for the weight of all our sins. And you look in the Old Testament, they didn't have that privilege, but the law... Goats and lambs didn't save them. The law was for the sinner. Mm -hmm. And they were his elect too. So I think, and we're looking back, he didn't spare them. Right. For he made an example. And that, you know, he knew beforehand that his son was going to bear the, all of the sins and he wouldn't even spare him for that. Right. So they were more accountable back then with his own people that he chose. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus did tell them in the New Testament, he said, man was not made for the Sabbath, but saddle them which one of you that would have an ox in the ditch on the Sabbath would not go pull this ox out of the ditch. And he made it plain because, and he used that example because he knew that a lot of them people had done that very thing, including the Levites. Especially them because they're the ones that had the herd animals that they sold for sacrificial offerings. And they took very care, good care of those animals. And he knew that. And he knew they knew that they had done those things. But he also said when it came to healing on the Sabbath day, and you brought this, you, you addressed the scripture, he says it's wrong to do good on the Sabbath day. And you know the example that he used? He said you circumcise on the Sabbath day. You do a physical work as a priest on the Sabbath day. You work at your job. And he brought that to them. And he said, so if it's okay for you to do good on the Sabbath, is it not okay for me to do good on the Sabbath and heal a person and make them whole? See, the Sabbath is all, from the New Testament on, even today, is for a reason. We have a Sabbath day, a day of gathering for a reason. It's not Saturday anymore. Why? Church, the church gathered on the day of the resurrection. <laughs> That's right. On the first day of the week, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is when they gathered and celebrated his resurrection. And it's become a custom and a tradition that was started by him. And it's never been uh, condemned by God. So we have a, we have religious uh, denominations, if you will, that still believe you've got to worship on Saturday. I know some of them, good people, but they still believe that. But that's why that we gather on Sunday. And so uh, Jesus made all, told all of these things, and he said God understands that there's some days you've got an ox in the ditch. Yeah, he said that. And so, so the Sabbath is not... He, he don't want us abusing. It's just like these sins. He don't want us abusing those things. 
And he knows the difference between you having an ox in the ditch and you putting an ox in the ditch so you ain't got to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, don't never discount him. He knows the difference. He knows when you want to go and can and, and can go and won't. He knows the difference. Amen? Putting that ox in the ditch is sinning willfully. <laughs> yeah, sinning willfully. And, and so he knows the difference in that. But he made an example of this man. And they never forgot this. Even 2,000 years later when Christ, well, they still remember this. And so this is something that he did that they would not forget how serious he was about those things. Now here's the thing that we need to understand. All of this wrath of God is put on these people, and we've said this more than one time while we've been teaching these things. The reason he don't kill us for doing these very things right now is because he killed his son for it. Are you hearing me? All that wrath that he has here on these thousands and hundreds of thousands, he don't have that wrath on us anymore because he poured every bit of that out on his son when he hung on the cross. We, we, can't, we can't praise Jesus Christ enough for what he's done because there ain't very many of us that he'd be walking in this walking right now if we still lived in this day he'd have killed every one of us but he didn't because he killed his son for us and we better think about that often you know, I hear people all the time, well, I, I don't know what to testify about. If that ain't a testimony, I don't know what is. That that precious Savior took all of the wrath, all of this anger, all of this frustration, all of the, 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 the willing sin and the ignorant sin. He took the punishment for every bit of it. <coughs> all of it fell on him. And so we need to remember that. Always remember that about Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. Oh, what a Savior we've got. Amen. Oh, what a Savior. <clears throat> what a great God we have. And how wonderful are the benefits. And this is a benefit that we have that we get from Jesus Christ. That the wrath of God is not upon us because it was on him. That is a great benefit for us. And this scripture shows it to us. What that one sin, as, as, as small as it sounds to us, what it did, it got that man killed. You know, it must have grieved. It must have, it must have grieved God to kill these people, even though his wrath done it. Yeah. It had to grieve him so much that he would send his son. Yeah. So when God zapped these people, as cruel as it sounds, it hurt God too. It he did. Want, he didn't want to do this. And I, I wish I knew the scripture, but there's a scripture that addresses that very thing. He said, I take no pleasure. God did. So I take no pleasure in punishing people. He don't. He takes no pleasure in it. No God's will that none should perish, but all should come into repentance. He didn't want to kill these people. Like I said, he, he didn't. He grieved him to kill them. Mm -hmm. He's a righteous God. He's a holy God. And if he didn't do it, he wouldn't be the God either. No. 
And, and you know, Don, there's gonna come a time when there's gonna be everybody that's ever been born is gonna stand in, before him. And it's gonna grieve him then. He's not gonna have pleasure in it. But his holiness and righteousness dictates that those who have not come through his son to him ain't gonna get to come into heaven. He's gonna do that. He's gonna make that decision. And that's how important this life is to us. That's how important knowing what to do is and pleasing him by having faith and believing and obeying him. How important that is. And, and part of our obedience is not that we won't sin. It says that we know what to do when we do sin. And it's a dirty shame when a fellow knows what he needs to do over sin and he refuses to do that too. That could get him killed even today. Amen? Yes, that scripture, I think, the one that you were thinking of, maybe Ezekiel 33, 11. What does it say? It says, Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live uh, and live. Turn ye, turn ye from the evil ways, for why will ye die without salvation? That's right. That's it. That's the one I was thinking. That's Ezekiel what? 33, 11. And then there's another one, 18 from the 3. It's kind of similar. It says, Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die? Said the Lord God, and not that we should return from this wicked ways and live. And that's in Ezekiel also? Mm -hmm. And so that, that's the scriptures that I was thinking about, that the Lord takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked people. The New Testament puts it to us in another way. He's not willing that any Uh, Ezekiel 18 and what? Uh, 23. 18 and 23. But he didn't even have to say that. If he would send his son to keep from doing that, that's how much he hated it. That's right. I'm, 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 I mean, he said it. I'm, I'm, sure. Yeah, but, he did say it. But the proof is in he hated it so much that he sent his son. <laughs> when he said it, he had destroyed Israel. <laughs> Israel had been destroyed and, and Ezekiel was amongst the captives going to Babylon. That, that's when he said this. And so the, it, the, the wicked people he were talking about was his chosen people. That he had destroyed them. He said, I take no pleasure in that. But you know, the Bible tells us that sin is a reproach to any people. Solomon wrote that in Proverbs. They knew it then. To sin against God is a reproach to any people. You don't say whether it's a Christian, a chosen, a black person, a white person, a Chinaman, or a Mexican. And he don't say, he said anybody that sins, it's a reproach to them. There's nobody above it. Sin is a reproach to every one of us. It brings reproach to our lives. Now, we're gonna, we're gonna touch on something else. Man, we, I never dreamed we, we would be this long on this, but this is important stuff. Oh, we're going to read about the fringe on the garments. It sounds like a trivial thing, doesn't it? But it's not. It's a beautiful picture. So somebody read for me verses 37 through 41, please. I will. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, 
and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their years, <coughs> and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue, and it shall be unto you for a fringe, that you may look upon it, and remember all the commandments of the Lord, and do them, and that ye seek not after your own heart, and your own eyes, after which ye used to go according. That you may remember to do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. Wow. Think about this. This is what the Lord told Moses to tell him. He said, I want you to speak to the children of Israel, and I want you to tell every one of them to make them fringes or borders of their garments, and I want you to make them of blue. And I want you to sew them onto the bottom of your garment. And I want you to be able to look at them for what? So you can remember my commandments. You can remember what that man looked like as the stones hit him. You can remember covering him up. You can remember the great reproach that was brought to him because of sin. I want you to look at that. Every time you look at that, I want you to remember who I am. I want you to remember what I have said to you. And I want you to remember what will happen to you if you don't comply. Ooh. Pretty good stuff, isn't it? And look at this. He don't say just this generation. You see that? All of your generations. From this day forth, all of your generations are going to have this blue band around their garment as a reminder that they can remember who I am. Remember all the commandments of the Lord. And, and look at this. How you add something to remembering the commandments. What does he add to it? Do them. <laughs> Do them. You know why he adds that? Because you can be able to quote the scripture from Genesis to Revelation word for word, and if you don't do it, it don't mean nothing to God. <laughs> Amen. If you can't do it, it don't mean nothing. If you were gifted that much to remember and quote every, there's an old show that, uh, Man, neither we don't watch any hardly anything new anymore. And I don't even remember the name of this, uh, this unforgettable the name of this series that came on. And it's about a woman who, if she ever sees something, she can't forget it. She remembers every event that ever happened in her life. And if she walks up on a, they, they made a crime scene investigator out of her, and she walks up on a crime scene, and all she does is look around. And she remembers everything she saw she can recall it and read everything that was on the walls. She forgets nothing. God said, I want you to put this band around the hem of your garments. And I want you to remember why it's there. I want you to know the commandments. Now, what does that tell us about what he expected them to do with all these commandments and laws? No. You better know. It, it's this man right here that was stoned. It don't say whether he was a Levite. It don't say who he was. It don't say what tribe he's from. It don't say anything. 
He should have knew better. He did know better. And, I, and he said, I want you to remember these things. I want you to do them. And I do not want you to seek after your own heart, your own eyes. I, he said, I don't want you making up your mind about what I will tolerate and what I won't tolerate. I don't care what it looks like to you. I don't care how simple it is. Picking up sticks. <coughs> it wasn't the act of picking up sticks. It was the day that he did it. And so he says, I want you to, 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 to look at this. I want you to look at this. I want you to remember that you may remember and do all my commandments. And if you do this, look what he says. I want you to be holy unto your God. He just, the Bible says without holiness, no man will see God. Here, he tells you what he expects of you to be holy. And look what it is. It's so simple. Do all my commandments. Remember them and do them. Even Moses is not exempt. Nobody's exempt. I mean, I mean he, he's going to pay for That's right. not following the exact instructions. That's right. And not make the promise later. Now, now here's something you got to understand. He don't. This don't mean these people are going to burn in hell. Don't mean that. Amen. It don't mean that. But it does mean they're going to pay a consequence in this life for what they've done. I preach this all the time. Every sin you commit has got a consequence. Even if you're forgiven, there's a consequence. Amen? Yes, sir. Amen. I think as Solomon said over in Ecclesiastes, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. That's right. That's right. That's who we are. That's who we're supposed to be. That's who he expects us to be. But he gave them this, this simple thing, this blue band, as a reminder so they could remember. What is that symbolic of in our day, in the New Testament? What do we have that causes us to remember, <coughs> to understand? Supper? Sorry? You talking about the Lord's Supper? No, I'm talking about what, what do we have today that's symbolic of this band that's with us all the time that we wear? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that band that we have with us, in us. It causes the Lord God Himself to abide in us. It also causes the, us to abide in the Lord. And one of the descriptions that, that John, Jesus gives of the Holy Ghost in the book of St. John is that he will help you remember the words that I have said. Think about it. And not only will he help you remember the words that Jesus said, because why would we need to remember the words of Jesus? Because they're the words of life. Eternal life. 
The words that he spoke in the gospel, that's the reason the Bible says that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are the, and it records the words and the deeds of Jesus Christ. That's our power. That's what we're supposed to remember. And, and this blue friends, when they looked at it, helped them to remember. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. He helps us to remember. He is the reason we know when we do wrong. He's the one that tells us not to do it. Then we say, well, you'll sit there and chew it over in your head. You know, I tell the children, I used to tell children, I said, you know, we all seen this cartoon where you got that little devil sitting up on this shoulder and this angel sitting on this shoulder and the devil's going to go, do it, do it, do it. And the little angel over here, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And Daffy Duck thumped that angel off and done it. And he got set on fire. <laughs> that sounds silly, don't it? But that, that, the Holy Spirit is the one who tells us don't do it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God. And when the Holy Spirit is in you and that little still small voice is telling you don't do this, don't do, don't say that, don't. And, and listen to me. The beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is this. If you go ahead and do it anyway, you know what the Holy Spirit starts telling you then? That's when you start feeling guilty because you did it and knowing you wasn't supposed to do it. The Holy Spirit tells you, aren't you ashamed of yourself? <coughs> How many of y'all got dogs? Does it, when you scold that dog, brother, they do. They'll tuck, if they got a tail, they'll tuck that tail down there and go, you know, look at you. When God gets ready to scold us, that's how he does it. From the inside. Through that blue friends called the Holy Ghost that's inside of us that helps us remember and helps us realize we just messed up. But thank God that when we feel that way, we got an intercessor. We got somebody that's praying for us in glory. Someone at the throne Interceding for he don't never stop. Y'all realize how busy we keep Jesus Christ praying for us. <laughs> Lydia's over here giggling. He probably works overtime on her every day. Yeah. All of us. Can you imagine? Jesus is glad he's on the present. I'll tell you that right now. He's glad that. Uh, Minutes and hours and days don't mean nothing to him. He lives in eternity. He don't live in time. He don't live in physics. He, he can pray for every one of us. He sees every one of us. He walks with every one of us. He dwells in every one of us. But we, he sees everything we do and he speaks to every one of us all at one time. My God, what a God. <laughs> Great day in the morning. What a God we serve. And you know what? The world don't believe none of this. Amen. <coughs> but we've got the friends on the garment to prove it. That we feel this, we know this, we understand this, and we know who our Redeemer is, and we know our Redeemer lives. Don't we? You remember what Job says? I don't never. You, you, when you think about the resurrection, 
and, and us being resurrected, Job would kind of be one of the last books you'd think about. And you know what he said? He said, with these eyes, I will behold my Redeemer. My Redeemer liveth, and in this flesh I will stand before him. Man, that's some powerful stuff. You know how, what's going to cause us to do that and accomplish that? <laughs> the Holy Spirit. That's what's going to get us there. That's who's going to get us there. And this is a symbol of it. A silly blue band that you can look at and remember and then do. Thank God for it. Thank God for our Savior that took all of this wrath that we're studying about. Amen. Put it on himself. So when we sin, he don't have somebody come along and stone us and cover us up with rocks. Amen. Thank God. Any questions about tonight? We're going to go ahead and stop right here. We ain't getting very far. It's going to be December the 8th, chapter 16. Did you get that message about that verse that I told you? Mm -hmm. Jerry, that kind of makes you wonder how many people got out of childhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any comment before we close? Hi, brother. I think about things like this all the time, and I don't necessarily have answers. But there's no doubt in my mind that this world that we know outside of Christ is doing everything they possibly can to misrepresent the truth, the teachings of the Bible, the ways of the Bible. I have no doubt in my mind that all of these zombie movies is a slant on the people rising from the dead when, when the Lord comes back. There is no doubt in my mind that they're preparing people to think in those ways that that's as far as you're going to get. Just like you said, Job said, I'm, with my these eyes, with these eyes, I'm going to see the Lord. In this flesh. They're preparing <laughs> people right now to think that they're going to be zombies and there's nothing else. When the Lord, I'm telling you, they're working on people's minds every way they can. I don't watch it. I've never watched one of them, and I, I hope I never do. But there's a slant on everything that they're doing now that is against religion and the Word of God. Well, who's the ruler of this world? Right. Well, that's He's a liar and a father of lies, and he's going to lie, and he's going to use people to lie and deceive, and it's going to sound convincing. And he's a whole lot smarter than we are. <laughs> well, <laughs> and read, he can convince you of things you wouldn't think. I read a little deal one time, and I've searched the internet. I can't, I can't find it again. But it's this preacher that's fussing at Congress because Congress held their very first meeting. This is in eighteen something, without opening in prayer, without having a pastor there. And I mean, he scolds them so good, and he uses those fancy words, and and uh, he just really, really tears them up. It's it's a it's a true little 
article, but I, I can I hadn't found it again. But I I listened to part of that today, that abortion discussion, and I was thinking, you know, if they'd have just prayed before this, how a different view that they might they might have. Oh, forbid who, they who, give God glory for anything. No, they want all the glory so they can go back and get votes from it. Look what I did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're but, beyond glorifying the Lord. It was 18-something, and they were in a rush, and they decided that uh, they didn't need a pastor there to, to yeah. pray to open up Congress. And, I mean, he shunned them so bad, uh, nicely. Can you imagine if one of them Congress, congressmen went in there with the Bible and opened it up to Psalm 139 and read what we've been reading about, about who we are? I read it at that memorial service last night about when God knows us and where we are. He knows us from the day we are conceived. He knows our parts are already written in his book before they are ever formed in the womb. Hallelujah. Can you imagine if a, if a congressman went in there, let me read you what God says about this. And I, it would what, would, what do you think would happen be the reaction if some one of them other ones got up and said, you don't believe all that junk? Stoning would come back with it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I made that comment. You wonder how they got out of childhood, but when you think about it, they didn't even have the Ten Commandments till the book was coming out from now. That's right. So this was a teaching time for them. And once they got that Ten Commandments, God added to it, and He still added to it. Well, we're studying. He still added to it. <laughs> the things they're supposed to do. <coughs> would you stand? Thank y'all for being here tonight. I know this is getting dark early. I'm about to rest of you. I'm ready to go to sleep by 7 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Y'all hope my phone ring. Well, I've got these new hearing aids. I have my phone on silent, and that thing blows me out. I'm going to have to get her to shut that thing off where it don't come through my hearing aids when it rings. <laughs> that just hurts my ears. Well, praise the Lord. Isn't that, don't that feel wonderful to hurt, have your ears hurt for sound now? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Thank you all for being. Don't forget me in practice Saturday morning. Uh, hope y'all can all make it. We're gonna we're gonna be cooking here early, so uh, eating about seven o'clock. So invite somebody and bring them and come on. All right. Brother Troy, would you dismiss us, please? Father, we thank you always for the opportunity to be in your house, Lord. We we mostly thank you, Lord, for who you are. And what you've done for us, Lord, what you've done for me. Lord, thank you so much for the Old Testament to show us Jesus in every, every phrase of it, Lord. Please be with all of us through this week, Lord. Help us and guide us. Please forgive us where we're feeling, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. 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 So, how are you doing, folks? Thank you, Brother Red. You still have to do something.